Today is the first Sunday of the Blessed Month of Misra, and the month of Misra is the last full month of the Coptic year. And as we have the story of salvation in the whole reading of the year, we start with the love of God for His people and the sending of the Only Begotten, and then we go through the work of salvation through His uh, sacrifice and His resurrection in the Holy 50 Days, and then we conclude with the uh, readings that relate to the saints, and we end in this month speaking about the Second Coming. And all of the four readings are relating to the coming of our Lord, in which He will judge the living and the dead, and He will separate the just and the righteous from those who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, <coughs> and uh, the signs of the end of the age. All of this you'll hear about in the coming weeks. <coughs> but today, we want to focus just on the beginning of this Gospel reading, which is about the parable of the vine dressers, and how they treat the owner of the vineyard and his son. And you will see that a picture in here of those how that they will treat others in the final days. He, every servant that he sent them, they beat him, they treat him shamefully, and they sent him away empty-handed. This is a gospel of how we treat our fellow brethren and how others treat us. It's a gospel about those who suffer abuse, ridicule, name-calling, character assassination, yelling, patronizing, embarrassment, and even those who want to push our buttons to anger us. It is a gospel that many of us experience, especially in these days. It is a gospel which is very pertinent to a society right now who has, for the first time in the last few years, in all of its history, has witnessed a decrease in its life expectancy, mainly because of how we treat one another and how all of the difficulties of life are increasing upon us. In the nation in which we should be leading others in how to live a life, a godly life, and a fruitful life, we find the opposite that is happening. How that even advanced abuse, sometimes when we joke with others uh, and make uh, twist the truth to lead to difficult things in, in their life or even upon us. Some people use sarcasm uh, as a disguise uh, for even how to upset or insult others. Even from a young age, those who uh, experience this type of bullying or name-calling, very difficult for the soul. How do we deal with this when someone puts us down, someone maybe dismiss us or belittle our work? Even sometimes people experience what is called um, gaslighting, uh, which is a term one of the people in the congregation had to explain to me. How others can manipulate the truth to make you even feel that you don't know what, what, it, what truth is for you to be as a fabrication or an imagination. It's a very twisted form of lying. All of these are different ways that how we treat one another or other people treat us can lead to a very difficult form of living. How do we deal with insults 
when there's no rhyme or reason for that? How do people, when they are angry and out of control, how can we accept when people deal with us in this way? How can the Lord, when He tells us to be patient and to be forgiving and to endure, what, how when people say all kinds of evil against us falsely for my sake, and we hope that it's for His sake that they insult us. <clears throat> but sometimes, uh, that as the Catholic epistle tells us, that do not return evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. This is the call of the Christians. That they will say evil against you, and people will insult. There are some people, they're experts in providing insults. And after a few times, even the people they love, they will come to insult. So how do we as Christians do not uh, return the same? But how do we bless them in faith and, and use the means of division to transform them into blessing? As we say in the commandment of marriage, at the final blessing, we tell the couple how that things may try to divide you, but how do you use those things that try to divide you uh, with the grace of God, that God transforms them into blessing for those who are faithful and seeking this unity with them? How do we deal when people blame us for things that we have not done. We can set boundaries so that that pain or that suffering does not increase until we have prayed and we have forgiven and we have uh, been strengthened by the Lord. So we lead to the opportunity that we can be direct and honest and at the same time uh, not lose sight of, of the person's soul. Sometimes this may take a while for us to have a separation so that the anger inside of us does not turn into the same evil that is afflicting us. How can we be a positive supporter of others? You look in the gospel, there are many different situations that the Lord is teaching us how to deal with this. Because since the coming of the, of the Lord, even as a child, when we look in some of the accounts, not only written in the gospel, but in, especially in the Egyptian uh, writings, they would say even the Holy Family would enter into a city and the city will be against them. <clears throat> and this, this was the lesson, just like Herod was seeking to kill the child, as mentioned, and the child did no wrong. He came to save us, and yet from the very beginning, there was a lot of suffering and difficulty. We see that the Lord dealing with the Samaritan woman from the beginning that he saw what was good in her to bring it out. From the first part of the conversation, other people, all of the other people, when they saw her, they would see the negative. And they may speak the truth. Yes, she, she lived a life of sin. She made many mistakes. But the Lord, when he dealt with her, saw what was good. And he emphasized what was good. We, if you ask us to list mistakes of any person, any, anyone within a few minutes can list the mistakes of another. But try to find the good, especially in one who has many mistakes and needs someone whose heart is good and whose eyes are good. And the Lord, when He looks at the soul, He always finds that which is good. The other example, if you look in the book of Revelation, He examines all of the churches and He tells them their weakness, but He focuses on the good to encourage them, if there is something good. This is the work of the Lord. 
How can we as children of God look at each person and find the good? As an x-ray, what they say the saints, they can peer into the soul and find what is good and valuable. And if you are good in this, and the Lord gives your sight increased in love, you'll find most of the people, if not all of them, are better than yourself. And when you look in yourself, you said, well, I want to have the virtue and the kindness in that person, the love and the forgiveness in the other person, the wisdom and uh, the foresight of that person. This is the grace which we need to seek for as Christians. <clears throat> the other lesson when we look at someone like Barnabas, who was a great apostle, who was a great one who was chosen by God to do much work. But if you look in the Gospel, in the book of Acts, you find him hidden. His mean, name means the son of encouragement. And his work, his main role, was to encourage all of the people to do good for the glory of God. When Saul was consenting to the death of St. Stephen, and after that he came and he saw the glory of God, and God revealed himself to him, and he went to the apostles. At first, as it's mentioned, all of them rejected him. They didn't give him a chance. They said, you were the persecutor, and you were the one who was trying to defend the Jewish law. How can we trust you, the one you were going to put all of us to death if you could? But the one who did was Barnabas, because he saw with his eyes that the Lord is calling us to have. To see that God calls him and that there is much good in this servant. And, and he soon, if you ask Barnabas, he said he will be greater than me. The world will remember him. Go anywhere in the world, even those who are not Christian, they will know about St. Paul. Ask them about Barnabas. He said, who is Barnabas? Barnabas is the one who brought St. Paul. Be and because his work is to encourage others, is, it is not important for him to be well known. Why? Because his work is to make everyone else known and for him to be hidden. If we have more servants of God like this, truly our churches, as this one, will be golden and will be shining bright with the glory of God. Because everyone calls to the Lord and everyone created in this world is called to be a same light. Not that God wants to pick a few people to be saints. As St. Paul said, no, we're all called to be saints. But though we need, each one of us needs encouragement. They say, if you look at all of the uh, pressure, some of the physicians, they were studying how much stress is on the children until the adults. More in this generation than ever. And the one thing, or one of the main things that is needed most is this work of encouragement. The little things that we encourage one another. Sometimes in our culture, not the American culture, there is a lot of criticism, there's a lot of negativity, and needs to be healed by the work of this positive power of encouragement. And it's much more difficult to encourage than to discourage, easy to discourage. The third lesson is how to balance the truth. We don't call the negative positive. We don't call evil good for the sake to encourage someone. But we call what is good that we find that, that good. But when we find the negative, how that it is balanced. Again, if you look at the book of Revelation and, and also the dealing of the Lord with the Samaritan woman, that they sandwich the good things 
the evil or what is not negative, what is not positive, in with the, with the positive. So when you start your conversation, as uh, many times happened, the Lord with Simeon said, I, there's something I want to say to you. And he began to give him a parable. Just to reach the thoughts that were hidden from the others. If he started with a truth, easy to say, I didn't think, I didn't mean, I didn't intend. But he won Simeon over by, by saying, it is what you said when I, is, is, is correct. He gave him a situation that almost anyone could answer. Which one would love him more? Of course, the one who owed more is the one who will love him more. You spoke correctly. You are right in this. But then he began to tell him all of the things that he did negative, he didn't do, and that this sinful woman did correctly. By the end, he realized, and it's by fact. It's not name-calling, it's not accusing, it's not saying, you didn't do this. He started by a positive example that everyone witnessed, and then began to explain to him what was his shortcoming, what he failed to do, and he had the opportunity to do. And actually, the host in that time had certain obligations that even Simeon, if he was a good Pharisee, he should have fulfilled those things, but he neglected to do so. Because inside he doubted uh, the greatness of this person. So in dealing with others, when we see the negative, how do we cure it? With a lot of positive, but at the same time, when there is trust and when the dialogue is open, how can we address those things? Uh, sometimes, because we don't want to offend people, we are experts in the, these white lies or in false truths. That we try to be nice to all of the people, but we are uh, hesitant to say what is correct. How do we be faithful to the truth? And to be honest, especially when we see someone suffering. Sometimes we see someone doing grave mistake and we don't want to upset them or to cause alarm. But we don't always realize that if we don't sound the alarm, it may not hurt uh, us again. No, it may hurt many other people and our work is how to bring everyone to the knowledge of Christ. For us, if we take the example of our Lord Jesus Christ and we take the example of St. Barnabas, that we will look and see how that we can give the proper glory to every servant. One time I was visiting a church, and since the time I entered, the priest began to praise each person in the congregation. And every service, even I had no idea, uh, privately, not publicly, and he would say all of the good things with every person in his congregation. And I, I began to imagine, I said, of course, all of the people are good. But if, if, the, if the priest or the father or the servant sees all the people that we serve in this way, truly they will be, like St. Paul says, the, the saints who are in Corinth, the saints who are in Laguna Niguel, the saints who are in San Juan Capistrano, that all of them will be saints. And that is our work. That how we can bring everyone to be with us so when we are in front of St. John Chrysostom, in front of the Holy Virgin Mary, or in front of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are standing together, said we came to worship you, all of us, the saints. We were praying and waiting to receive you and for you to bless us 
uh, and yes, we have all of their shortcomings, but we will tell the Lord, forget, neglect all the shortcomings. We were able to deal with them in, in the earth, and we love them, and we know that you love them as well. May the Lord give us this vision for his glory and his kingdom. Glory be to now and to age glory. Then she's here in the